0: Welcome to Ashta Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials, testing, and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson.
1: To continue our discussion on the innovative project using recycled materials on an asphalt roadway in Hawaii, I've invited John Young, the Executive Director of the Hawaii Asphalt Paving Industry, or Happy, on to talk about his involvement in this partnership. Welcome to the podcast, John.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Before we get into too many questions about this project, I think it would be good for people to get to know Happy a little bit. Can you tell us about your organization?
2: Sure. We uh, represent the paving contractors and contractors that do paving treatment. Part of my background is design, so we want to include the designers because we feel that you need a good plan in order to do a good project. You know, bad plans, no matter how good the contractor is, it's just not going to come out good. Over the years, we've encouraged consultants to feel free to come and ask us questions. And of course, if I don't know the answer myself, I have enough resources out there to answer their questions. And we have about 80 members now. It grew from 25 when I started 11 years ago to 80. So that's a pretty good increase.
1: Wow, and your members are paving companies?
2: Yeah, so the main members are what we call the active members, and they are asphalt producers and um, binder suppliers. So we have one binder supplier as a member and seven producers. And in the island right now, there are nine producers and two asphalt binder suppliers. And then the other thing that is in Hawaii that everybody that produces mostly produces for themselves, I mean, they do sales to other laid on contractors, but most of the production is for their own projects. So
1: they're producing and doing the paving. Yes. Now,
2: how did you get involved with this project? Okay, so we we wanna be partners with the DOT, we do. And because Christy, who you interviewed a while back, we known each other for a long time. And so when she got in her position as the state bituminous engineer, that was already uh, a built-in relationship. And so we got in and, you know, we're not trying to really tell the DOT how to do anything, but we're there to help them.
1: Did the DOT reach out to you or uh, how did you get drawn into it?
2: I think it just kind of came up in conversation. And it really started with someone else in the lab section, Brandon. He, He wanted to shred fishnets, shred them, and throw them in the drum and get them in the mix that way. But we told him that'd be difficult. So... After a while, we found somebody that processed plastic waste into pellets or whatever it be flakes, and so we got there. And then we found Reber and Green Mantra, who both produce a plastic additive. But unfortunately, the goal was to have the plastic waste use come from the U.S. So we had to find a U.S. a company that used U.S. plastic waste, and we found them in New Roads. And I introduced them to Christie, and it sounded good, and. It just worked out just fine
1: wow so this is just regular conversations that you were having you were able to solve this problem together uh, yeah is this just a normal i mean do you have regular meetings where you talk about
2: these things or just you work with each other all the time so my goal is to have regular meetings to discuss these things and we kind of had a spec committee for a while in my 11 years but actually christy and i talk to each other like two to three times a week so things just happen. You know, she asked me, well, what about this? Or how could we do that? And I give her my ideas on you know, how you could implement it or how to make sure it stays on schedule.
1: You are the executive director of an association that has members who are in competition with each other, right? Yes. So how do you fairly act as an intermediary when there's a discussion about a project like this? And then you say, oh boy, I've got all these association members how did you end up getting the member that worked on it? Or, I mean, how does that process work?
2: Greg Specific, who was the member in the project, they were chosen by the DOT, and it's because they already had existing contract that they could easily contract it. As for me, Brian, that's a good question because I think one of my abilities I have to have is to facilitate discussion so that we come to a mutual understanding. I like to call myself a member, neutral, I really don't favor one member over the other. And uh, it's worked through the years. I think it's just my personal philosophy of being collaborative. Let's discuss things and come to agreement. The other thing too is every now and then I express my opinion. But really I feel my job is to get agreement by the directors and then to implement what they like to do.
1: That's a very diplomatic answer. And it shows that you have quite a bit of experience leading groups to a conclusion that brings in all of the different interests, right? Now, here's the other complication. As executive director of this association, you are not the person with the plant and the paver and the rollers and all of that. How do you help keep communication going so that milestones are met on the project for, for completion of
2: this, the way the DOT wants it to be done? I'm not that familiar with how other associations do it. But in Hawaii, I don't really get too involved in the contract details because I'm not a negotiator for the contractor because then I'd have to choose one contract to negotiate over and so forth. But what happens if something comes up where it might be a situation on a project, but it's something that wouldn't affect the industry as a whole, then we go to back. goals. you know, if there's an industry issue come up, even if it's on a specific contract, you know, I'll, I'll take charge and help lead it. I'm like the single voice for the industry. So they don't all have to go to the DOT or the city to um, negotiate changes.
1: Now, let, let's talk more about the nitty-gritty details with this project. What kind of feedback did you hear from the paving contractor about working with the material?
2: I think they found it to be about the same. And just looking at the work going down, it, it did look about the same. You didn't see, like any more smoke coming up from the pavement or anything in fact you probably if you didn't know they were using plastic additive in that mix you probably wouldn't have known the difference
1: wow that's impressive i did see a couple news clips on it and they took videos of the different people working on it and granted it was after it was paved but everybody looked pretty satisfied and happy you know they had like clips of the workers driving in the truck or the people working on the paver. And they all seemed fine. I mean, they. they well, of course it was, I'm sure they, if somebody didn't, they
2: probably wouldn't have put that in the news clip, but right.
1: <laughs> but I was kind of surprised to see how happy everyone looked.
2: I think, you know, that part of it that helped is on the Monday before the Tuesday, when we did it on the job site, they did like a practice, a control strip at the plant to see how things would work, get the temperatures right and all that. So I think that helped make the Tuesday performance go much smoother for everybody
1: now I guess that your members are thinking about where this is going now that that one project was done and how it might factor into the future of asphalt construction in Hawaii I, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball here for a minute would you be okay offering a prediction how this project will play into future developments in Hawaii
2: well maybe not so much a prediction Brian but in general it has to kind of make sense economically or do I know some people say if it's going to be green or sustainable it's worth whatever x number of dollars. Another thing it definitely has to make the road better. So one thing we're hoping is that the DOT will monitor the performance of the road before they try something else and we're not you know again we're not trying to tell the DOT what to do or what not to do we're just trying to help them implement it as smoothly as possible. But we think it's great, the DOT is so innovative.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kim, I've been hogging all the questions with John.
2: What what kind of questions do you
0: have? What surprised you about this process of working in this project?
2: I know before me, there was a really good person at the DOT that brought the industry together. But I think this is the first time where we truly work together, you know, trying to figure out problems. And I try to tell people that I know I work for the industry, but I'm not thinking about it's good for the industry. I'm trying to think if it's good for the community. I truly just want to see the project go well. And so I really try to listen to what DOT is trying to do and help them implement it. And if I think they're doing something that is not, you know, too workable, you know, I'll share with them. Yeah, I think maybe if we looked at it this way, we could do it a little better.
1: So John, we do appreciate your time today. And I wanted to give you a chance to tell our listeners something about Happy and what's going on there, because I know you're, you're, you work hard. I started getting your newsletters since I started interacting with you recently, and there's a lot going on. You can see how busy you are and, and all the efforts that you're putting into communicating what's happening in the asphalt industry in Hawaii. Do you want to share anything?
2: I think the better we can educate consultants, the better we are. Because if you knew how little I knew when I started, you'd be surprised that they hired me. <laughs> I even told them that. You know, I said, I don't know anything. And they said, that's okay, you can learn. But I think, you know, as far as education, we did a couple of things. In 2015, we started a annual training program of three courses, one with geosynthetics, one with best practices, fastfall payment. And then one of my favorite, understanding a job mix formula seminal. Because I can tell you when engineers look at that, they just look at the gradation and boom. Okay, looks good. But I wanted to have a little bit of understanding of it. And so I did it annually because when I went around to like government agencies, they said like, oh, you know what? We cannot, John, because we didn't budget for it. So I said, "Okay, I'm going to tell you a year in advance. It's coming to your island. I listen. I appreciate people making comments like that because that gives me an opportunity to adjust. And I just like presenting. And so I started that weekly Wednesday Happy Shorts. And that's just covers a lot of different subjects. And we get, uh, I bring in guest speakers. And uh, amazingly, it doesn't get a lot of people. I say on average, less than 10. The guest speakers bring in people. The thing that really amazes me is the target audience is Hawaii. But yet we get the other states joining in. Two of our most frequent attendees are from California. And then we also have somebody, well, we used to get people from the Middle East when I started back in 2020, I guess now. But now the two people that come on all the time is somebody from Serbia and somebody from Ukraine. And it's kind of nice because after the session is over, sometimes we just stay out and we just you know chat about whatever. And so I really like that. I want to make the industry comfortable to people. And what you said, Brian, about the information. So some of my friends in the consulting world, they said, well, we didn't know anything so much about the paving industry until you started doing your newsletters and stuff. So that's great.
1: Yeah, and those Happy Shorts are available to anyone?
2: Yes, free.
1: Well, we will, we'll make sure we put a link to that in our podcast. And you told me this story, and I think it's an interesting one, how you came up with calling your organization Happy. So what
2: happened when I started? I went in interview. And then I told the members, I couldn't even find our website. And they said, well, that's your first job is to make it come to the top. <laughs> I said, okay. But anyway, I went to a ma- meeting and they, um, you know, and then I know our members call it Hoppy. Hoppy. But I went to a meeting and uh, people started calling it happy. And I asked one person why, and this said, because you're always smiling. It has to be happy and so we just went on from there like you know we used it for happy holidays and it's just it just turned to be a wonderful thing and I, I shared with the directors that you know i didn't mean any offense to them but if people feel comfortable calling happy and they like it then why not
1: i know i like it uh <laughs> certainly a positive spin on whatever you're doing so people need that so all right well thank you so much john for your time we appreciate your insight It sounds like you're doing a great job with Happy and and helping spread the word about what your industry is up to and, and the benefits
2: of it. Thank you. I just think it's amazing how our small state can reach out so far to the mainland, you know. So we appreciate when people do reach out to us
0: i think it's great that you are willing to share i mean i feel like we've had people from hawaii on more than any other state on this podcast that's for sure so even with the time difference your guys's willingness to uh, be a part oh. of these conversations uh, you know at this level i think is amazing so thank you for that
2: most welcome
0: and this is the third episode in our four-part series if you've missed the other two I recommend you go back and check it out. But what's coming up for our last episode in this series?
1: Yeah, next week is going to give you an idea of why this is so important, which gets into some of the environmental impacts of plastic in pavements. We're going to talk to Dr. Jennifer Lynch, and she's going to tell us about some things you may not have known about plastic debris and road debris and what kind of tests are conducted and what the impacts could be. So stick around for that one next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Ashtoe Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org. or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashtoe Resources' social media accounts or go to ashtoresource.org.